listening to the Red Robin podcast with Joe Appleyard and Chris Johnson. Latest edition of the Red Robin podcast with me, Chris Johnson, and of course, Joe Appleyard. In this edition, we will talk about Sunday's pre-season friendly against the Castle for Tigers, the appointment of Sean Kenny Dowell as club captain, and the announcement that the club is going to build a new stand. Joe, it's great to be speaking to you again, especially as we're speaking in the lead-up to Rovers' first home game in nearly a year. Oh, I can't wait, mate. You know, it's, it's exciting you just saying that. And, you know, we're, what, only two days away now from Sunday. So, just looking forward to watching the Robins again. We've got a really busy show, haven't we? We're going to be speaking to Adam Milner, whose testimonial it is. Hull Daily Mail reporter, James O'Brien. So, we've got, you know, we've got a lot to talk about, mate especially the cast game, and we'll discuss that further in the show. But, you know, what an announcement by the club last night about that they've made significant investments and they've hired a new South stand, 3,000 all-seater. It's going to be hired for the next two months and it's ensured that, you know, the majority of the supporters who renewed the memberships, you know, by the first priority window can all enjoy the games together. And it means, like we spoke about the other week, Chris, when we was worried about, is it going to be because of 10,000? How many fans are we going to get in? Is it just going to be the um, West stand and the North? We can get most fans in now and that's it's reassured a lot of people and the atmosphere on Twitter and social media last night. Again, we mentioned the vaccine. We mentioned we're nearly there. We're getting life back to normal and this is a step closer to getting us back watching Old Kingston Rovers and there's some really good games. You know, St Helens, Hull FC, it's going to be ready for the first game against Lee if we're allowed back in, if the, and the guidelines and the steps stay the same. So really positive news, mate. And I know me and you was, you know, certainly happy, especially you. You was one who mentioned, you know, about what could the club could do. So it must have, um, it reassured you just like it did plenty of other Robins. Yeah, and, and I, you know, all I was doing was asking the question, you know, what... You know, we've paid the uh, we've paid our memberships for what nearly a full season. Uh, w- we've only seen what one one game, and then the cup game at home, and people are still continuing to pay the subscriptions. And you know, Paul Aikens admitted we've got four and a half thousand members. So all I was asking is, well, that's fantastic, and it and it's great support. But how are the club going to reward them people? And we got the ten quid voucher, didn't we, to spend in the shop, which was above and beyond what we expected. Um, but I think this this was the sort of icing on the cake for me, and I, I'm I'm really chuffed with the club for for doing this. And I think Paul Lakin sort of mentioned it a little bit when that first interview we did in the was it the Hull Daily Mail where he said there was maybe going to be like a a South Stand development, but he didn't allude so much into it. And, and I'm guessing now this is what it is. And although it's a temporary thing, and 
They're going to keep it for the LFC game. They're going to keep it for the St. Helens game. I can understand that because that's a good opportunity to maybe recoup some of the money that they're investing into it. But I feel like now the club's giving something to us after we've given so much to the club as well. Yeah, I totally agree, mate. And I think Paul Lakin, again, he, he just seems like a really good businessman. Obviously, we, we did that bonus episode with Rob Crossland. That's still available for you guys to listen to. Obviously, go on Linktree, watch all our podcasts. And it's, again, it's just a really positive incentive for all the Rovers fans. And I tell you, I think what a little, you know, talking point is, um, Paul said, without the stand, our capacity would be sub-3,000 and we'd had the impossible task of trying to find a fair way of picking who can attend. But if that can hold 3,000, say, with all the social distancing, you'll still be able to get, you know, touching nearly two if, if everyone can get in with social distancing. I think the North Stand can hold about two, the West. So so if we've only got 4,500, 5,000 members, if you have no way fans say, mate, there's no reason why, because obviously they've made this priority for that um, the first group who renewed before New Year's Eve. You know, there's no reason why everyone after that can get in if we're to only talking maximum 4,800, 4,900 members, even if we get 5,000. So that's great because, and, and I'm saying that on a selfish point, because obviously last year, you know, I didn't have a pass when we were still doing the commentary. Well, you know, we didn't need them and we had a joke about it, didn't we? But for me, I've had to get us pass, start again. And unfortunately, yeah. if... Worst, worst comes to the worst, and and I won't be in that priority. Yeah, Joe, you're gonna miss out. You're gonna miss out. Well, I. But do you know what I'll do? I'll I'll text you the the score and how good it is. Um. So when you're sat home trying to listen to it on the radio, I'll tell you how good it is. Chris, honestly, mate, my head's going already. You're just saying that if fans can get back in and I'm still sat watching it in my house and there's all the fans there, that that's when I will start feeling low. But no, on a serious note, mate, Rovers fans have been great and it's just so good to. Again, see light at the end of this, you know, impossible tunnel. You know, I, funnily enough, I was on my way home from work and I just pressed Spotify and it went back to one of our first episodes. And I think it was the one with me and just Clint when your Wi-Fi went down and he said, and it was me at the beginning and I said, it's snowing, it's about minus five and we're in national lockdown. And you can tell even by the sound of my voice and it sounds weird. And we was both, when we first started the podcast, when you text me saying, do we, do we fancy a go it? And we didn't expect it to go so well. I think it was about a day after Boris announced this lockdown in January and everyone was in a pretty dark place. So this journey from the beginning of the podcast, every week we've got closer. There's been more to talk about. We've had really good guests on. So if you, you know, if you listen back to all our podcasts, it's kind of like heading in the right direction, just like life is. So this stadium's going to be massive, mate. Um, this, you know, the the South Stand um, temporary it may be, but like you said. Paul Lakin mentioned it before the South Stand temporary had even, you know, come into question. So in the future, that might become permanent or we might get another stand similar to the North because in the long run, that's going to make the ground look a lot better. And to get the away fans in there, I already mentioned, I believe if we did do that, the North Stand should just be for Rovers fans. I know it won't look as busy, but, you know, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. Sometimes we get 100 fans, not even that of away supporters. I know it's a tough place to come. It's a long way away, but we were in the same boat, going to Wigan and Warrington on a Friday night. So, and I think attendances will, you know, rapidly increase with just ticket sales because people want to go watch any live sport and there'll be people who have gone away, especially for me and you support City as well. Once we can go back to football, people who want to go watch live sports, I'm hoping for all 
hold teams because you you you, you know it's we're city you know I know we're a city divided but we want all teams all fans to get back get them attendances up and I tell you what that first derby when away fans from either Hull FC or OKI can go to it's going to be electric mate and when Red Red Robin plays the first time fans are back into Craven Park it's going to be an emotional time if I'm there if not I'm going to put it on mute and cry like a baby. <laughs> No, and to be fair, Joe, I, I remember the uh, when the 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 North Stand Golf Stand was there. That's where I got my, um, that's where I I got me and my wife really into to watching rugby. Mm. Is sat in that North Stand because you couldn't get a ticket in the East Stand. That at that time when Rovers first got into Super League and when it, the East Stand was sort of uh, well before it's been redeveloped, you could not get a ticket in there for love no money, and it is where everybody wanted to be. Um, so. The, the fact that they're, they're going to build another temporary stand at the, the other end of the ground doesn't daunt me uh, one bit because I, I remember it, it was good. It was, you got close to the pitch, you, you got a feel for the game, but most importantly this season, you're actually at the game. So, you know, wherever you stood, wherever you sat, wherever you get the chance to watch the game, you're going to appreciate it and you, you're going to be pleased that you're there watching Rovers because we've been waiting for, for so long to do it, haven't we, Joe? Yeah, we have indeed, mate. And like you said, when the East End was rocking, it was, you know, I was in secondary school. My mates, you know, I brought a lot of them. And even though I ain't got many mates now, so they've obviously won't bothered about coming to Rovers. It's, it's chucked them all away from me, Chris. But um, honestly, you know, everyone wanted to come in the East End. The derbies, that Craig Hall derby when he got the drop goal, it was absolutely electric. And I remember actually my cousin, he's chalk and cheese for me. He's not into rugby at all. And he was a young kid and one of my aunties um, took him and absolutely chucked it down in that golf stand. I got soaking wet. Rovers got hammered by Huddersfield, never went to a Rovers game um, after that. So hopefully when LFC come, they get stuck in that stand and it absolutely torrential rain like it did in 2008. Um, give them a wash or something like that, Chris, but won't go into that much detail now. But one game that we're not going to be able to go to, unfortunately, we'll have to watch it on Facebook. We'll be speaking to the guy soon whose testimonial it is. Hulkingston Rovers finally back in action, Chris. It's brilliant to say. I can't wait. They're playing Castleford Tigers in a pre-season friendly. So I'm going to read the cast side out first, mate, and then we'll go into detail about the Tigers. So they're running in 22 men of Daryl Powell. It's Lewis Beanek, former black and white, of course. Chase Blair, Nyla Valds, Alex Foster, Brad Graham, Tyler Heppy, former Robin, Oliver Holmes, Nathan Massey, Peter Metaltier, Paul McShane, Grant Millington, the testimonial man, Adam Milner, Gareth O'Brien, who broke all KR hearts in 2017, 2016, sorry, Daryl Allfelts, Jax O'Neill, Lewis Peachy, Kane Robb, Senny Lafeo, Michael Shenton, Daniel Smith, Jake Truman and Jordan Turner. It's a bit of a weird one, isn't it, this pre-season friendly? Um, big names, Danny Richardson, Liam Watts, George Griffin, Greg Eden, James Clare, um, Matangi, obviously Fecky. They've got a lot out, haven't they, mate? And there's a few youngsters there, you know, Kane, Rob, Brad Graham. I ain't, I ain't really, I don't know much about them, but that's what pre-season's for. I think if you're looking at their star man, you've got to go Jake Truman. I think he's a really good player. Will he miss Danny Richardson this weekend? I don't know, we'll partner in the, him in the halves. Probably Gareth O'Brien with Evolds going full-back. But it's a new-look Castleford team. And apart from Nile of Alves, they haven't gone big on transfers. They've gone... Matangi Turner, quite journeyman, and that's no disrespect to them. So I'm looking forward to getting Adam Milner on, you know, the next part of the show and seeing how pre-season's gone for them because normally they have a big name come along, don't you? But for them, the kind of workhorses and it'll still be a tough test. Um, pre-season friendlies, we're not really fussed about the result. We want it to be a close match, give us a good test, but hopefully no injuries. Where do you see Castleford Tigers in 2021, Chris? Yeah, I think, well, 
they're always there or thereabouts, aren't they? And and, and to be honest, they're, they're never near the bottom of the table, are they? Uh, not for a long time. Um, I think the squad they've announced, I think there's probably a little bit of um, Daryl Powell managing the squad and he do not want to put players in too early. And he, he's, you know, if, if you if you think about it, the first, I mean, even five, first five, ten games of the Super League season, you know, they're almost like pre-season friendlies in a way. Players are finding the form and... I listened to um, Greg Inglis. He said he doesn't expect to hit top form, you know, until he gets into sort of round six, round seven. So, he, and I think that's the the case for a lot of the players. So I think Daryl Powell's maybe been very clever about how he selects players and and who's playing and whether they actually need to play um, to to get the game time. Um, but I, I think Cast Tigers they're they're always a formidable formidable outfit. They've got very good players. Um, whether you're looking the forward line or the back line, that the players will cause us troubles. Obviously, at home, they're a very challenging outfit, and and they always cause Hull Kingston Rovers problems. I'm excited about this game. I'm excited um, that um, we're actually seeing rugby league. I'm probably you know not that bothered about the cast team to be honest. It's all about for me who's who's lining up for the uh, Robins on on Sunday, and really the cast team. I couldn't care less. It's about who lines up for Rovers. And uh, I'm sure, you know, no doubt the way that Tony Smith rotates his side and our side, it'll still be a very competitive game, regardless of who Castleford Tigers pick. It will be indeed, mate. And you mentioned the Rovers squad. Let's name the Robins team. Now, we've got three more players than Castleford. We'll name the 25-man squad. There was rumours it was just going to be 21. But the Robins will line up with Adam Quinlan, Ben Crooks, Greg Minikin, Captain Sean Kenny Dowell, Ryan Hall, Jordan Abdul, Albert Vette, Matt Parcell, Corbin Sims, Brad Takarangi, Kane Lynette, Dean Hadley, Jez Litton, George Lawler, George King, Vice Captain Elliot Minchella, Matty Stoughton, Will Dagger, Mikey Lewis, Ethan Ryan, Joe Keyes, Will Maher, Louis Johnson, youngster Will Tate, and the surprise, you know, inclusion, mate, Jimmy Khan also we spoke about last week. So We've got a few missing out. Um, Mustafa, Ro Milnes, Owen Harrison, um, Annie Sumadotti's not in there as well. But a very strong old Kingston Rovers side. And the starting 17 is definitely, you know, included in them 25 men squad. I can't wait. Kenny Dowell's first game as captain. There's been really big raps from Brad Takarangi and Ryan Hall in pre-season. Albert Vetti's going to get a run out. For me... I think your players like Joe Keyes, Jimmy Carnos, Ethan Ryan, Will Dagger, Will Ma, they probably won't even get 40 minutes of rugby. I'd hope we play our strongest side to start with. They get a good half. Obviously, rotate the props and stuff. But the big question is, again, you've got Joe Keyes in there, Brad Takarangi, Jordan Abdul, Mikey Lewis, Quinlan, Jez. Who is going to start six and seven this Sunday? It's definitely going to give us an inkling who starts in two weeks against Catalan Dragons at Emerald Head in Licorice. Yeah, and we've got James O'Brien coming on from the Holden Mail, and hopefully he'll give us a bit more of an insight into maybe what Tony Smith's thinking is. You know, he's already mentioned that Takarangi uh, might play at half-back. He, he's, he's already spoke about how he might rotate players, and and he's going to try a lot of things out in the game. Obviously, Jimmy Kynos is named in the squad, but then Tony Smith announced that he's... You know, not everybody who puts a kit on is going to get a run out. And and obviously, Joe, you, you mentioned that you've played for Old Kingston Rovers in the academy. I think every podcast you've you've mentioned. Did I? How, how would you feel getting kitted up and not getting a run out? It's what I did every week, mate, in 2015. <laughs> 
Um, this is what I normally did. I um, came on for a few 20 minutes against Saints and Wigan got bashed about by people who were playing in the NRL now, like Ryan Sutton, and then um, got a free pizza at the end of it. Is that and- a name drop? Is that a it, name? It, it, do you know what? It is, it is a name drop. Um, <laughs> we came I close. I could hear it all the way in my bedroom now. I could hear it dropping that name. <laughs> That's for another story, mate, when you get me on for a heritage cast in a few weeks. that I'm the big guest that we're all talking about. But um, no, mate, it's it's a tough one. And obviously, like Tom Ware, Charlie Kavanagh, they haven't been included. But we saw Jason Neverton put the other, and Kev Deaton, their back training. Um, really upsetting to see them training with masks on, mate. It's um, it's it's tough. I mean, even with my PE lessons at work, you know, when we're in the gym, we have to put we have to put masks on. It's ridiculous, and especially their elite sportsmen. I know they're not first team yet, but it, even in on the bigger note, it's been great to see the academy back. And you mentioned Tom Ware, Charlie Kavanagh there, even like Will Tate. They're definitely going to be more academy players this year. It's tough, but. We've only got 80 minutes to see who's our best um, best starting seven team. Sims, Hall, Takarangi, Vettic's their first outing as a red and white. And we just want no injuries, mate. I mean, I was speaking to a few people, you know, this time last year, sorry, a few months before, one in January, was open for an optimistic 2020 and how that panned out. I think 2020 started for me, going to be the worst year when Mossy Masoy went down and we all know what happened after that. Things hopefully, you know, they can't get any worse than that because if they did it, it'd be tragedy. Um, we just want no injuries. We want everyone to be fit. I do expect Rovers to win. Um, I know it's not a massive deal pre-season. <laughs> you know, pre-season, it doesn't matter. Put your house on it. <laughs> Put your house on it. Don't think our lass would be happy, mate, when Cast affects in a up at half-time. But I do expect Rovers to come through, especially at the end, you know, when if Cast have got a few of the youngsters on and if they want to take Jake Truman off because he had an injury, you know, an injury study 2020. I think it's going to be a really competitive game. We always have good games against Cast, two Yorkshire teams. And it's just for both sets of fans. It's watching it on Facebook. It's a new a new experience, isn't it? It's going to be weird. It's going to be good. But I tell you, who do deserve big raps, mate, going off the subject, the Our League app. Watched the black and whites last night against um, our neighbours again against York. If I ever to watch York, mate, that's my excuse. And it was <laughs> it was really good. Um, you know, York came back at the end, 22-28, the black and whites won. But the hour league app was really good. Wayne Godwin commentating on, and hopefully, um, we'll speak to Adam about why it's on Facebook and you know stuff like that. Why he's gone down that route or yeah. what's going to happen with the Facebook? But it is five pound to watch if you can get it by now. If you get it on Sunday, it rises up to a tenner, I believe. So save yeah. a bit of money. Um, and get in there quick. But what's your predictions, mate, before we wrap up and get Adam and James on the show? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? My, my prediction is that I, uh, we don't get any injuries. Um, and and that I literally, I couldn't care about the score. I mean, yeah. when I saw Adam Quinlan lining up, I was thinking, oh, no, come on, let's let's wrap him in cotton wool. But, but what can he do? Because if he doesn't play against Cass... Um, he could easily go play the first game against Catalan and get injured. So, you know, these players need playing. They're on the payroll. They're earning good money. They need. They deserve a run out. Um, I think there's a there's a little question mark around how much some of these players will get game time. And Tony Smith's alluded to that, and he said he said that he doesn't. Not everyone uh, will be getting a lot of games. Um, I think Albert Vetti and players like that. You might only see them for 10, 20 minutes at the most. Um, my prediction is, um, I just think hopefully it's great to see Rovers playing. What I'm really pleased to see, though, is obviously Sean Kenny Dowell leading out the side. And obviously the, the club announced that he was going to be our captain with Elliot Minicella. Uh, we're going to talk to, to uh, James O'Brien about it a little bit later. But 
Uh, Joe, what what do you think about Kenny Dowell getting the captaincy and, and Minitella getting the the vice captaincy? It's, it was a weird one. It, it was a shock, wasn't it? Um, a lot of people were saying Corbin Sims, obviously, is captain Fiji. I'm going to speak to James as well, because obviously, I know the rumour mill in Hull, you know, is, is embarrassing sometimes. And in, in December, there was all these rumours. Kenny Dowell's had a fight at training. He's gone home and all this rubbish. And, you know, and then he ends up being Rovers captain. You can't write it. It's... It's a weird one. A lot of people slagged him off and he, he deserves being slagging off in 2020. But so do everyone at Old Kingston Rovers. It was a very poor season. And I think he struggled defensively with his partners. He'd had Nick Rosfarn, who's obviously left now. And I made that comment about come tackle a Sunday dinner. Um, all stuff like that. Mini King Crooks. He mixed it up and about. And hopefully, I think he'll be lining up with um, Ryan Hall on that left-hand side. In, on a personal note, I hope he does. Because I think them two are going to be really dangerous together. He's played for New Zealand, he's had his incidents, but who hasn't in rugby league? Do you know what I mean? Especially in the NRL, there seems to be a scandal every week. Um, the biggest news for me is Elliot Minchella. We obviously know about his off-field incidents and it sounds like we've made them two fugs, captain and vice-captain. But Elliot Minchella, you know, he had a rough time leaving Leeds with Zach Ardaker at that scandal. I think 2014, he went to Bradford, he's been Sheffield. He had a, a really good season in 2020, steady, Hard as nails, I always mention. He runs, he tackles, his assists were brilliant last year. That game when him and Jez ripped Wigan apart, he's going to probably start 13 for me, 100% as a vice-captain. And it's a massive opportunity. And what I loved was what Sean Kennedy said to James O'Brien about he's honoured to represent this club. I know it's all talk and take a, take it with a pinch of salt, can't you, about what they say to the reporters and the journos. But Minchella, just grateful for the opportunity under Tony Smith. And it's a new look Kingston Rovers. And we say every year optimistic like we did last week. But Rovers are back, mate. And we can only play what's in front of us. And we can only you know discuss 2021. And that starts on Sunday against Castleford. So I'm really looking forward to it, mate. And I'm looking forward to getting, obviously, Adam on and James and discussing different parts of the show. So let's hope no injuries. A close game. We have a really good game plan. And we set the platform. So if you're bored of listening to me and Chris... And I don't blame you. No wonder. <laughs> but we're going to get Adam Milner and James O'Brien on the show. So join us in a few minutes and we'll speak to the Castleford man first before then speaking to Hull Daily Mail reporter, James O'Brien. Welcome back, everybody, to the Red Robin podcast with me, Joe Appleyard, and co-host Chris Johnson. It's been a long time coming. It might be a pre-season match, but Hulkingston Rovers are back in action this Sunday. Can't wait to watch the Robins play, Chris. And it's all because of a very special occasion. It's Adam Milner's testimonial. Really good rugby league player. England international, represented Castleford over 250 times. And it's great to have Adam Milner on the show. So welcome to the Red Robin podcast, Castleford Tigers and England rugby league star, Adam Milner. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No, thanks for coming on, mate. We really appreciate it. Um, when we spoke to you about a month back when it was announced. You know, it's really good to have you on the show because obviously we're a Rovers podcast, but the world of rugby league comes together and obviously with COVID going on, mate, um, it's you know it's the worst time to have your testimonial, isn't it? Because we always speak about the salaries between football and rugby. Um, you know, when rugby league players have their testimonial, you have meals, you have functions, you have obviously this testimonial game where you sell your shirts, but it is about making money because... You know, you can't retire and, you know, set off into the sunset unless you're a big, big NRL star or an England international like yourself. But even still, it must be tough for you, mate, having your testimonial this year with obviously all the restrictions. And you would have wanted a packed Mender Hose jungle with Hulkingston Rovers playing you at Castleford. But that's just not the case. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is it is something that you know don't come around often. Testimonials and and to be dealt with COVID is you know it, it does have an effect on on um, you know certain events. And obviously, I'd I'd love to have had it at, at Cass at Weldon Road and we a packed house, but wasn't to be. Um, but uh, you know, none that. Nonetheless, I'm looking forward to to Sunday and getting out there on the field. Um, you know, it's it's not all about the money. It's about you know having having time to reflect over your career and and being able to you know play for such a great club. Um, you know, means a lot to me myself, and um, you know, it's it's sort of a game to celebrate that time as well. Yeah, I bet, mate. And obviously, it's, it's been te- you made your debut in 2010. You obviously did a bit of research on you against Huddersfield, Sunday the 4th of July 2010. Can you believe that you've been playing, you know, the professional game 11 years? Has it flown by? It has. It has absolutely. Um, you know, you asked you asked me at the time if I'd if I'd uh, you know gone on to play 10, 11 years at, at one club, I, I'd have said you were lying. Um, not not in a million years would I, I thought I'd have done that. Um, but yeah, I've, I've loved every minute of it. It's been, um, you know, it sure has been a great experience, and uh, you know, there's been highs and lows along the way, which you know is part and parcel of the game. But you know, like I say, I've absolutely loved my time at Cass, and um, you know, hopefully, can have uh, many more years at, a, at such a great club. Yeah, and obviously, you're still quite a young man. I just wondered how the uh, the body's holding up after you know so many games that playing such an intense game. Are, are you suffering from any injuries that you're worried about maybe once you retire? In, in, you know, obviously, you've still got a few years ahead of you, but how, how's the body shaping up at the moment? No, surprisingly, quite quite good. Um, I've been fairly lucky with, with injuries, you know, throughout my career. Uh, you look at, you know, each season I've managed, managed to play pretty much 20-plus games, which... You know, I'm quite fortunate to to have done done so. You know, no major injuries. Again, touch wood. Um, body still feels good, and uh, you know, I, I just just want to get out there and play rugby. That's all I want to do. It's all I've wanted to do as a kid, and you know, I'm fortunate that I I, I have been able to do that and still can. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and that's a massive part of the game. In it, injuries. You know, especially you'll know with Thecky or Winger, he's suffered two horrible injuries, and it's not nice to see, is it, mate? You know, especially your teammates. We just see from the sidelines, and we get frustrated when our players get injured. And obviously, we had that horrific incident with Mossy Masoy last year, and the whole rugby league community came together. But for you guys, injury is such a big part, and it's people's livelihood. And for that, um, from Thecky who came over from the Sharks, I think he hadn't even played for you. Has he? Must, how was he doing? Yeah, obviously I, I did. I, I touched on um, Mossy last week. I did. Um, you know, I, I spoke with Mossy, which was great to have a have a chat with him. And, and like you say, injuries are part and parcel of the game. But it's it sure is a tough old game that we we're playing. It's you know it could be the difference with with clubs finishing the in the four and not if if the squad's busted and you know if if if, if a squad manages to keep him due free which i think cast did in in 17 and and you look at where, where we got we got to you know win the league and um you know get into the grand final which probably on the back of a, a good run of form and keeping his best players fit um and then just on fecky yeah absolutely gutted for the lad um he's you know people people can be can be quick to to know, you know, to knock him down and to slag him off, but 
He he came over from Australia with with a good injury record. He was never injured, and then he came over to to the UK. Um, you know, got a few niggles. Then he ended up doing his knee. He played what twenty minutes at St Helens, did his knee, and then you know ruled him out for all last year. And then probably looking forward to getting well, you know, right in right in the first year off. Looking forward to his second year and. He was flying, absolutely flying in pre-season with the lad, and um, you know, uh, our, do you know, it, it, we, we, there were a training session where he skinned one of our players, and and all the lads, it, it it brought all the lads to the feet, and it was like, wow, we've got a special, you know, player here, and then a couple of sessions uh, after that, uh, you know, he, he picks up his second injury, which. You know, it, it were awful. It was just you, you felt for the lad. I, I wish him all the best. I, I hope he gets a, you know, uh, successful and speedy recovery um, because, you know, he's, he's a great fella and, and he certainly don't deserve the bad luck that he's had. Yeah, let's hope so. You know, we're definitely in the same same boat there. We've had that names come over from Aussie, pick up injuries in pre-season. You know, it's a tough one to take. But I think what. We like, and I'll mention it as well, and I'm not just saying it because you've come on the show, there's a lot of similarities between Old Kingston Rovers and Castleford. Yorkshire clubs, traditional clubs, obviously we're, we're bonded together now, always playing for the Roger Millwood Trophy, an absolute goat of the game, you know, yeah. one of the greatest of all times. But when you made, when you started, mate, in 2010, obviously head coach Terry Matterson, I believe, the Aussie, your mm-hmm. transition from when you started in 2010 to 2011, and 2021, sorry, these 11 years, We've seen people like Luke Gale at Castleford, Rangi Chase, Denny Solomono, people who have been off the cuff and absolutely fantastic rugby to watch. We always mention building blocks for all Kingston Rovers, and I know the listeners will probably be fed up of me saying that, but we <laughs> want to cement our club and, you know, look at teams like Cass who have done that. But for you, did you see the potential in the club from when you first started and in the 11 years, you've played in, you know, grand finals, you've got to Challenge Cup semis, you've won the League Leader Shield. So, you, you know, you've had a really illustri- illustrious career just in 11 years, mate, haven't you? You've built quite a lot at the Tigers. Yeah, at the, at the time when I first joined, no. Um, you know, I never did, I think, that um, that Cass had reached finals and, you know, be challenging for the, the top end of the table and, and for silverware. Um, but, you know, there were a bad culture at the club at the time, um, you know, big drinking culture. Um, and then, you know, Terry, Terry went and we had Ian Millwood and slowly and surely until sort of Pauli came, the, this culture started to turn and we started to get better players and, 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 you know, the whole club just started to move forward in the right direction. And, um, you know, it's in, a, it's in a lot better place now than um, it was, you know, 10, 11 years ago. So, did you want to go next, Chris? No, I was just going to say, mate, obviously, the the transition from, obviously, when you started to, to where you're playing now, and if we if we take a, a look at the uh, at the present, some of the signings that you've made, uh, Nile Levels, uh, Matagi, you've been at Turner, um, going into the game on Sunday, who were you, I mean, as a supporter, Cass, as well as a, a player, who were you excited to be, to be uh, lining up against again? Uh... I'd have to say Niall. Um, you know, we fullbacks a massive position for us at Cass, and um, you know we saw what we did in seventeen when we had Zach at fullback. 
you know, we were sometimes un- unstoppable and un- unplayable. Um, and, and we had a few years where we struggled to replace him. Got Jordan ra- ranking in last uh, last year. Um, you know, who were great for us. And then having seen Niall now, he's, he's absolutely electric. He, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's fast as all. He's, he's got that pass around the back. And, you know, seeing as, you know, the spine of the team, the one, seven, six, and nine, we look pretty, you know, dangerous and pretty skillful across the park. So I'm certainly looking forward to seeing what Niall can do. Um, you know, coming from Salford, uh, you know, I'm sure he's looking to, you know, you know, hit, hit the heights that he's he can do in his career. Yeah, he's had a lot of doubters, hasn't he? And then especially like, um, you know, when he moved, there was quite the debate when he, um, he, he, I wasn't announced, was it? We all knew that he was going to come to yeah. you. But um, he is electric on his day and he'll be definitely trying to push for a World Cup spot and we'll speak. But before we plug your testimonial and finish off with you, Adam, just mm-hmm. speak about your international career really quick, mate, because obviously you played for England most recently. You played in 2018. Um, you've played for England against France and then the two games against the Kiwis, that must have been, you know, up there with the grand final, you know, pinnacle of your career representing your country. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it certainly is one of the highlights of my career and one of the proudest moments of my life. Um, you know, I'm quite, I, I sort of look back now and reflect on my time. I was quite disappointed with with how I probably performed, um, I didn't really get the minutes that I, I'd have liked. I only, you know, got a cameo appearance, uh, the second appearance that I made against uh, the the Kiwis, and then, you know, only played about twenty minutes in the in the second game against the Kiwis. Which, you know, if I wish my time back, I I I, I, I think I'd have given more, and I'd, I'd have, you know, I'd, I'd like to think I'd have done better, but. You know, nonetheless, I still absolutely love the experience. I've got three caps for England, which, you know, there's not many people who can say they've done and played for the country. But, you know, I, I still have the, um, the the drive and the hunger to, to, to reach, you know, playing for my country and playing international football again. Yeah, fantastic achievements. I'm sure, you know, especially with it being your testimonial season, there'll be a lot of memories that you've got going to look, look back on. If we look ahead to, to Sunday's game, obviously you're going to be coming up against a, a new look side with the signings of Albert Etty, Brad Takanyi, Colin Sims, uh, Ryan Hall. Just tell us about some of your experiences of playing at Craven Park in the in the past. <laughs> yeah, they've been, it's always a tough old place to go, <laughs> I, I guess. Um, you know, like you say, there's similar similarities within the two clubs. I, I guess teams coming to to Weldon Road hate coming to the place. Um, you know, it's a tough old ground to go. It's always freezing. Is is okay? <laughs> um, you know, there's there's many games that stand out to me playing okay. The, the game where I think Josh Mantelasso had the uh, goal line, um, you know, conversion, and, and he ended up nailing it from the sidelines. Um, right on the outer. Um and I actually played when Mill were in, were in charge. I actually played seven um, as as a young kid, and my halfback partner was Brett Ferris. I remember getting pulled off, getting <laughs> shepherd duck, and uh, yeah, bad day for me. So it's always been a tough place to go as as OKR, but you know, there's they're a great set of fans, really passionate, just like Cass. 
Um, so yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, I've only I've got one more question just about about the fans at Rovers, and you know we make a big thing about the the roar of the East End and how we get behind our our um, our, our team. But I do think sometimes we can be a bit quick to get on the on the players' backs. As an opposition player, is that something that you sense when there's maybe the crowd are getting a bit restless and, and maybe the game's turning? And is that something you notice? Uh, not so much, no. Um, I, I guess when you go to to places such as you know Hull KR that you're wanting to quieten the crowd, you're wanting to get get off to a good start, and you know hopefully that's what the the fans can do. They can start, uh, you know, blaming their own team and getting on the back of their own their own players. Which you know, it's all about getting off to a good start. I guess going going to a away ground. So um, I think that's what it's all about, really. Yeah, well, it'll be um, too quiet on Sunday, mate. You won't have to shut any fans up because <laughs> yeah. you'll, you'll just have about twenty media staff. So let's plug this testimonial then. Adam Milner, the fourteenth of March, Hulkingston Rovers against Castleford Tigers. It's a three pm kickoff at Hull College Craven Park. Tell us a little bit about your testimonial, what you're going to be doing throughout the year, starting with Sunday's game, and how Hulkingston Rovers, Castleford Tigers, and rugby league fans can purchase it, mate. Yeah, well, like well, like we touched on before, I'd obviously liked, you know, um, Speck is in for the game, but wasn't to be because of COVID. But, um, you know, we're looking forward to a really good stream on Facebook. Um, you know, it's available for £5. Uh, something a little bit new, um, but I, th- I think it's exciting. Uh, I know, you know, the Our League have, have tried streaming before and had the critics, but, uh, you know, the... The, the people I've got in touch with are really confident. It's a new team and really confident of putting like a good show on. So, you know, it's that exciting day for myself and um, I hope it's just exciting for, for everyone else involved. There's, you know, there's new new signings on both both um, teams who, you know, I'm sure everyone's looking forward to um, see out there on the field. I think both clubs have got... Um, you know, massive strides and, and and looking to make massive improvements on on the back of two relatively poor seasons last year. So um, it, it it teases off for a for a great uh, friendly, really. Um, you know, looking forward to the start of the season. Yeah, so we may um, obviously you know getting ready for that round one fixture. So if you go on Facebook, guys, you just type in. Hulkingston Rovers against Castleford Tigers. It's available on Rovers' Facebook, the link. Castleford, you just purchase, you put your sort code in. It's pretty simple to do. I've already done it, mate. So it's been, I'm really looking forward to it. Final question, mate. How's pre-season gone for you? We play Catalans at Emerald Headingley in round one. You played, I think you're the final game, aren't you, against Warrington on the Sunday? But yeah. final one, what's your aims as Castleford Tigers for the 2021 season? Again, just... We're looking to improve. We had a dis- disappointing year last year. Obviously, COVID affected everyone in Super League. But um, you know, we'd obviously love to 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 win a major trophy, uh, Challenge Cup, you know, Grand Final. I think that's that's the target for pretty much every team in Super League. But um, for us, it's about being consistent throughout the year. Um, probably challenging for the top four. And, and and we've got we know we've got to be better than last year because we were disappointed. But you know to be consistently good week in week out, um, that's all we've got to think about. And 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 you know there's going to be some tough games. It's it's a competitive Super League, but 
you know, I, I'm, we're all confident in the team that we've got at Cass, um, the coaching staff and the whole thing at, at Cass, what we've got at the minute, we're all confident that we can do something um, pretty special. Yeah, I think every you know every club's aiming for the same thing at the minute. So best of luck for the season, obviously. Not when you play against the red and whites. We don't really care about this friendly. Just make sure nobody gets injured. We don't want to see yeah, that. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, best of luck with your testimonial, mate. Thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate. It. I know it's a bit of a shit situation for you trying to plug it and everything. So hopefully we will get a few more viewers and purchases from you being on the show. So good luck for the season, mate. And we really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, cheers, Alan. Yeah, thanks a lot, fellas. Cheers. Cheers, mate. So join us for the next part of the Red Robin podcast in a few minutes where me, Joe Appleyard and Chris Johnson are going to be speaking to Hulkingston Rovers, Hull Daily Mail reporter, James O'Brien. Thanks, Adam. Cheers, pal. Okay, welcome back to the next segment of the Red Robin podcast. Uh, and we're welcoming James from Hull Live, who obviously covers uh, Hull Kingston Rovers uh, for the local newspaper. Uh, before we look ahead to this week's friendly against Castleford Tigers, James, uh, and the 2021 season in general, just tell us a little bit about your background in journalism and, and how you ended up covering Hull Kingston Rovers. Yeah, uh, well, thanks for having me on, firstly. Um, started in April 2019, thrown run at a deep end Easter weekend. Um, okay, I conceded 110 points that weekend. <laughs> that was a that was a great start. Um, I think a few people wanted me wanted me out at that point. I, I don't think I saw a win for for a while. I think the first win I saw in Super League oh, that I covered in Super League was Magic Weekend. So that was a good month, six weeks later or something. But yeah, I, I came from PA, so I was working there for five years or so. So. I'd work a shift and then go and cover a game on a Friday night, Thursday night, Sunday, what have you. So I used to do that in my spare time. And then this this opportunity came up. And obviously COVID-19 and the, the restrictions that have been imposed have caused all of us a huge amount of disruption, not least Super League and Rovers. Just mm. tell us about some of the challenges that you've faced over the past year or so covering, covering the game. I was furloughed. I didn't even know what that word meant at the start of last year, but then I was furloughed in um, end of March, I think, for about seven weeks. I was just playing Lego from, with my little lad for <laughs> that time because his, his nursery shot and stuff. Um, but yeah, obviously coming back, it just got all these strange stories, that words that you never like to say, furlough and all that. And yeah, it's crazy. And then obviously covering the games themselves, you, you get to a ground with. I don't know if you saw, I got to Huddersfield and then I found out it had been delayed by however long that was. What was it, an hour and a half, two hours or something? And then there was just a run of games where they were getting delayed and you didn't know what was happening. You, you, got, you had an idea what was happening then you got to get in touch with the club to see, see who was tested positive or what's going on. So, yeah, it did throw up a lot of challenges, but obviously the players were worse off last year. The, all kinds of stuff getting thrown at them, but I think they did well to finish the season in the end. Obviously, they didn't finish it the way they wanted to. There were a few games outstanding, but I think they did well to get as far as they did. 
I think with the points percentage, James, you know, it was just, you know, it was trying to finish the season. You know, obviously yeah. you had a lot of, um, you know, interruptions, but he was very lucky. You still got, you've seen, been seeing live sport, you know, you'll be at the Castleford friendly, you know, the Castleford mm. friendly, sorry. And it, it must be good and it, it must be a weird situation because obviously we haven't been to a game since that league game, which will, you know, be, probably, uh, I think it's a year, isn't it? Um, yeah. On Sunday oh. or on Monday, just about a year. So we haven't seen live sport you know, in almost 365 days. So how has it been, especially them big games, you know, when we beat Wigan and then the infamous derby that was played at St Helens between the two Hull clubs? It must be a, for you, who's obviously coming to Wilkinson Rovers and with his big reputation of the fans and the East and the atmosphere is electric some games, isn't it? You know, from gone from that, it must have yeah. its effect on you reporting, but definitely the players in them big games, it must be tough. And it seems like a cemetery sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's good for me because I can concentrate when that East stands going. I can't, I can't, I can't. Especially when it's close, tense game towards the end. I can't hear, well, I can't hear myself think, yeah. But um, behind closed doors, it is weird. That that whole derby was awful, to be honest with you. It's just it's such a big game. Um, just, just down to that. Um, behind closed doors, obviously in St. Helens as well. It's just a crazy game. And they just I remember the players that just came tottering down the steps from the back. They obviously, can't come, come out of the tunnel. Coming out to no atmosphere whatsoever. I mean, they, they tried the best to generate their own atmosphere, but it just wasn't the same at all. Because obviously, you used to earlier in the year, was it hey, come on it with 20,000 or what have you? And then the year before, when Rovers turned them over at Craven Park, it absolutely bouncing when Parcel went over late on. So you, you do miss that. And it was strange from, from the start, really. I think that first game back was a Warrington game, wasn't it? Yeah, Edenley. Um, and Crooks scored after a minute and he thought, what's going on here? Because <laughs> crazy passage of play, wasn't it? Um, yep. But yeah, I'd, it's not the same without the fans at all. And, and the players will tell you that as much as they say that you can still get up for it and stuff. And the, the product were decent, to be fair, considering there were no crowd and they came back. Because they had a similar layoff to what they've had now in, in pre-season, but they didn't have a friendly or anything, did they? They just got, they went straight into that first game. I think they did well, considering... And obviously they're yeah. fine at the end of it as well. I don't know how they managed to, to pull that off. <laughs> it was a really good grandfather, wasn't it? Obviously that last yeah, year was, yeah. in Jack Wells being I never say I like it. If fans would have been there, it'd have been ridiculous. Yeah, we spoke yeah. to Adam Milner before we got you on the show, James. Obviously okay. it's his testimonial. Um so it's gonna be a shame for him without fans. And we'll speak about that cast friendly soon, but for you, you know, you're at the grounds most days, you know, you've been part for all daily mail. And um, mm. how is 2021 going? Because when we spoke to Rob Cross- Crossland and we did the bonus episode a few days back, he's obviously, he was vice chairman, you know, before you came in, or you might have got a bit of him, um, he, he left in 2019. Um, mm. And he mentioned, it, it, from him, him being away from the club, it seems like a new local Kingston Rovers. And I think with Tony Smith, Danny Maguire, his first year as assistant coach, I was pre-season gone, obviously training at Hull, um, Hull University. We're just going to have the one friendly, but seems like a really tight bunch of players. You know, we'll speak about the new signings. Albert yeah. Vette, Brad Takarangi. What have you met? What have you met of all the new players, especially you know, big signing like Ryan Hall as well? Yeah, well, I haven't actually been down to the ground for for, for a year um, mm. since that since that league game. So I, it's been quite challenging in that respect this preseason because you can't have those. You can interview someone and then you can have a little chat can't you, after five ten minutes, but when you're on the phone, it. It's difficult to do that. <laughs> you can't just pull them to one side and then say, oh, I was getting on and all this. It's just more awkward over far. So it's been challenging in that respect. But everything I've heard has been positive. But you, you hear the same from every camp, don't you, in pre-season? Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, like you, you speak to whoever about 
the new guys and they'll say Ryan Hall's breaking records in the gym is an absolute machine. And Sakurangi is a, a freak of a player who's just when he gets his hands on the ball, something happens every single time. And Albert Fett is just a monster, a big beast of a guy who's going <laughs> to take some putting down. Um, and then you've got Corbin Sims as well. Everyone just goes on about how experienced he is and how much leadership he's brought to the group. I mean, I, I do think he might be a, a shout for the captain. Obviously, a difficult one coming around halfway around the world during a pandemic and then being shut the captaincy, but he has made that kind of impression since he came in. Obviously, there's younger younger guys as well. Mui's Mustafa's had a bit of a setback with his with his knee. And that's a bit of an untimely one, really, because you'd think that I'd rule him out the first game. You don't really want to chuck him into a game against Catalans on the back of no rugby for when he last played, July, August. So, yeah. And then, obviously, Lewis Johnson as well, who was, who was at the club briefly in, in 2019. Yeah, and it's... A, I mean, pre-season's always probably the most exciting time for supporters because at the moment we haven't played a game, have we? So anything's possible. And, yeah. obviously, the, the anticipation for the new season's... You know, being raised up a level when you consider some of the signings we've made. But in my opinion, and, and probably following on from a little bit what what Joe said, it, it feels like a bit of a do I a do or die season. And I mean that in the sense, sort of Neil, Neil Jules obviously announced he's stepping down as chairman. The club has invested in the appointment of Paul Lakin. We've signed four, you know, top quality players from the NRL on top of Mustafa and Louis Johnson. Um, and obviously, we're tr- still trying to continue and purchase Craven Park. Um, I just don't think a season like last season and probably the season before will be um, tolerated again because there's so much investment going into the into the playing side and the off-field that it, it really feels like we're, we're building towards a, a really important season for the club. Mm. Yeah, they've got to make some kind of progress this season. Um, I think they should be aiming for top eight, I'd say. And I do think it's achievable if they keep everyone fit. It's it's a big if um, with AR. But like, like last season, Adam Quinlan, they got he's completed two Super League games. Obviously, they didn't play a full season, but he's one of the best players. If you're not getting more than that out of him, you're going to struggle, aren't you? And there's the likes of Mitch Garbutt who just can't stay fit. So, yeah, it's a tough one. If they, if they do manage to keep everyone on the field, I think they'll go well this season. But as I say, it's a big if. But... In terms of like Tony Smith, he's been here now, what is it, nearly two years, isn't it? But I, yeah, I don't, think, yeah. I don't think results have improved too much in that time. Everything off the field is going in the right direction, but now they need to get those results as well because he has got that reputation of improving players and, and teams. And now it's just about Rovers getting the results because three Super League wins last season out of what, 17, 18, 19 games is nowhere near good enough, regardless of how many injuries you've got, I think. Yeah, definitely, mate. It, you know, it wasn't good enough. You know, it was good that we could finish the season, but we do need to kick on. And again, mm-hmm. I mentioned the um, the Rob Crossland interview that we did for, yeah. when we asked him a lot of questions because he was so involved in the club. And he said the main thing for him is in sport, you don't get enough time. And we've seen that with coaches at Rovers, you know, who's left in the past few years. But with Tony Smith, the results haven't been the same, but there's a bit more leeway, in my opinion, than there was with Tim Sheens because I think Tony's got such a good rep Great Britain, England, he's won everything with Leeds, really highly rated in Australia as well by like former Robins icon, Justin Morgan. Everyone loves Tony Smith and you look what he did with Leeds when he brought them young kids for obviously worked with Danny Maggs, Brian Hall, gave Brian Hall his debut actually and he's definitely going to give him his Rovers debut. I think you've just got to give him a bit more time and I've 
you know, I need to stop, you know, jumping to the gun straight away if we start losing games and stuff. Yeah. And I want I want to be more positive and I feel like with Tony Smith, Maguire, Dave Hodgson, Stanley Jean as your coaching staff, you're in really good stead. And with this group of players, you've got young lads like Muz Mustafa, Jez Litton, who's absolutely electric, Elliot Minchella, who obviously had his on field incident. So we've been brilliant last season, you know, in a very average Rovers team. He's got the vice captain role and with Smith. We've got to give him time because it does give you've got to build these bots, you've got to get the foundations right. And I'm hoping with Tony he can start signing his players like he has done. And we mentioned you mentioned top eight there. I really hope we can get that. But then if we do, we're not in a relegation battle, we can buy people for next season and it's that rolling over, isn't it? And that's what the likes of Wigan, they can sign Jar Field, Jackson Hastings, because they knew there was going to be in Super League next season. And we we've got to get that as well, haven't we, James? I think there's definitely that from inside the club as well as outside the fan base. And that helped last year, didn't it? Obviously, with relegation going on, was that the end of July, start of August, then they could push the button on some of these. I know they didn't sign until the season was over and what have you, but the groundwork was already in place and the players knew that Rovers going to be in Super League this year. That that certainly helped. But yeah, in terms of Tony, I think, obviously, like we've said, the results haven't improved, but he's not coming in for any flack. Not that I've seen anyway. He might do after certain games with his picks and what have you, but like there's no sustained we won't want him out or anything after finishing bottom, albeit after Toronto left halfway through, but we won't get into that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just think, but he, he does need that. They can't finish in the bottom two again again this season, that can't be tolerated after the, the signings they've made in the off season. I think they've done as, as well as anyone on that front, on the recruitment front, especially the the situation they're in to bring in those particular those four players in the NRL, including Ryan Hall, is just it's remarkable, really. I think, mm. especially Brad Takarangi, I think he's the one that everyone's most excited about, even though Ryan Hall he, he's not signing, but I think Brad Takarangi is the one that everyone's looking forward to. Seeing. Yeah, and you've made, mentioned Brad Takarangi there, and it's something we've talked about in previous podcasts, and we've, we've spoke about. Uh, spoke about it on social media and it's a halfback situation. Um, obviously, Jordan Abdul and, and Mikey Lewis are the, the obvious candidates to, to start at halfbacks. But I, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw maybe Takarangi lining up there. And we saw it, I think it was in your article, uh, was it last week, where uh, Takarangi, um, you know, and, and Tony Smith mentioned about him playing in the halves and he's playing in a number of positions. Um, can, do you get a sense that? Uh, Tony Smith might throw a little bit of a curveball in in there, especially with this cast friendly coming up to experiment and and maybe try playing Takarangi in the house because <laughs> like me and Joe's discussed, we we can't see Mikey Lewis and Abdul playing every game at halfback, and then when you start looking at relying on uh, Keys and Milnes to to fill them positions, it doesn't maybe fill you with that that much hope, and that's purely on the basis that they're not that experienced in Super League and playing top level of rugby league. Whereas you've got a, an NRL player who's obviously coming over and maybe not to play halfback, but he has played it before and he's obviously he's a very skillful player. Mm. Yeah, I've spoken to Tony a lot about it and I do get the impression that he will go left field. Um, it might not be initially, but I think he will chop and change as the season goes. But I don't think it's going to be a case of Abdul and Lewis every week. I mean, Abdul could go and play Lewis forward. It could be Lewis and Takarangi. You don't, you don't know. Of, Obviously, the Minchella's in there as well, but Tony is the kind of you can't second guess what kind of team he's going to pick. And I think he said before, he said during the off season that he is going to be horses for courses, so it could change every week. But in terms of Takarangi, I can see him 
Tony mentioned yesterday or the other day that he will play in the house at some point this weekend, so we're going to take a look at, a look at in there. Um, and if you do play him in the house, you, you've been resolving an issue in the back row, don't you? In terms, of, well, a selection of days, you can get starting in there, can't you? you can get Adley in there. So that's a way of getting them in there, and then getting uh, Sean Kennedy and Minikin in the centres, Crooks and Hall on the wing. So, I don't know. It, it's a difficult one. In, do you pick your best team or do you pick your best players in the team? It's good that we're finally saying that, though, isn't it, James? You know, yeah. you we, we haven't even mentioned George King and George Lawler there. Do you know what I mean? And they're mm-hmm. two really, yeah. you know, players who will definitely be steady, and George is our longest serving player now. So it's good that we finally got squad depth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was, no. was going to say that. Is that because um, obviously you haven't been to the training ground for you know yeah. close to a year? Mm. Do you sometimes, when you're there, pick up on these little little nuggets where um, you know you, that you see in training where players maybe playing different positions, or you get whispers of things? Obviously, yeah. not being there, you, do you miss out on that now? Yeah, because you you do go down the train. They're usually finishing up just as you get there. And, they often run late, so you can just look out the window and see what they're doing and see who's who's where and what have you. So it is handy in that respect. So you're a little bit blind, and obviously you're doing everything over the phone, as I've said. So that can be tricky, but Tony does. He don't give much away, but he gives enough for you to, for you to get by. And I do get the impression that he will go left field. He's even mentioned, I don't know if he's throwing me off the centre or throwing fans off the centre, but he's, all, he's mentioned... Um, Various players playing like saying Quinlan can fill in there, Lytton can fill in there, and that and that's a way around getting him and Parcel on the pitch at the same time because that's a difficult call to make as well. Who who starts the season at Hooker? Because obviously Parcel went into last season, he was suspended and injured at the start of the year, but he, he was the number undisputed number one Hooker. But now you you can make a case for Lytton being the, in the number one going into this season, and it, that's a good problem to have in it because they're both live wire Hookers and they're both dynamic and. And behind a good pack, they can be devastating. Yeah, that, that's the thing there. I think you look at when we played Wigan, you know, we don't dominate packs normally, especially with the teams we've had. And when when Jez had that free space, you know, the breaks he made to set up Minchella in his own try, you know, he's electric and same as Matt Parcell at that defeat against Huddersfield, you know. So, yeah. really good squad depth. So, let's hope so, mate. I hope he don't play Quinlan um, at half back, though. You know, <laughs> tell Tony not to go that left field. But, <laughs> another uh, another curveball, which is was announced earlier in the week, is that the new captain for all Kingston Rovers 2021 is none other than New Zealand former international Sean Kenny Dowell. It's a, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because obviously mm. the rumor mill in Hull is always massive, and there was before the sea before 20 before we saw the new year, and it was oh Kenny Dowell's gone. There's been an incident. It was like no, he hasn't at all. <laughs> Shut, you know, there was all these rumors that he was going to go, that we were signing all these players, and that he was gone. He's had a really good pre-season and a lot of people slag him off and he's a massive name, one of the biggest names in modern rugby league, you know, that SKD, you know, that then three letters in the NRL was huge and won the NRL with Sydney Roosters, really big with the New Zealand international team, you know, World Cup finals and all four nations and stuff like that. He's had a really good pre-season and everyone was in the same boat last year. There were so many players who underachieved and I think Kenny Dowell struggled, you know, with his wing partners trying to get that defensive coordination. But the metres he makes in backball, mate, you know, absolutely unbelievable. And I think with Crooks, with Ryan Hall, and I hope Ryan Hall and Kenny Dowell are on the same side because that's a lethal combination. But for you, when you've spoke to Sean Kenny Dowell, does he seem the right man for the job? Because he's always been a hothead, he's had his incidents, but seems it seems a good bloke. He's over now and you know, he said he's the interview that he did, um, he said he's really proud and he's honoured to captain the club. So mm-hmm. what's your opinion, Sean Kenny Dowell, Rovers captain? 
I think I think it's a great appointment. Obviously, he did it at the start of last year when Weller was out. Um, so it's a natural progression in that in that respect, going from um, interim captain to full time captain. But uh, ever since I spoke to him for the first time, I think it was November 2019 or whatever, he just seemed like a great guy over the phone. Before we even got into the interview, we were asking how I how I, how I am. Um, places to recommend places to live and stuff like that. So we just got into that, and he just it just seems really like a really humble guy, and obviously hard working as well. And I don't think anyone is as committed as him. Because obviously, overseas players come over and they can get this reputation of coming over for one last payday. But there's absolutely no chance that's the case with Sean Kennedy. And in terms of his leadership as well, he was the most vocal player behind closed doors by by a mile last year. He's got this really gravelly voice and that's all you could hear <laughs> so I talk about the fans putting me off when I'm trying to write it was in last year <laughs> um, and you can tell this this pre-season because he, he speaks about last pre-season obviously he came over he got he got to Graham Park on time but he was, I think he just had a knee operation so he was he was off his feet for a bit so he was doing the light training at the start of pre-season and he missed a chunk of the, the fitness stuff and I think he felt like he was on the back foot from the start, whereas this pre-season is is flying, and, and you can, like I say, you can tell he's really fired up to prove a point this this year. Yeah, let's hope so. You know, he seems you know seems a really good bloke, and obviously he's in the back last year of his contract. We only got him on a two-year deal, thirty-three years old. But if he has a good season, there's definitely an option there to extend. You know, if he has if he starts enjoying his time, and that's the thing in it, keeping these Aussies if they do really well. Obviously, Kane Lynette as well. So there's a few mm-hmm. people out of contracts mate at the end of the year. But another big thing to mention is we spoke about Kenny Dow getting the captaincy. Probably the biggest, you know, feel-good story um, in my opinion, Elliot Minchella getting the vice captaincy. You know, we spoke mm-hmm. about the off-field incidents. You know, what going to it it's all in the past it's done and dusted now you know when he got released from Leeds dropped down to Bradford obviously a West Yorkshire lad progressing yeah. the championship had a really good season signed when with um you know when we signed the four lads five lads won it from Bradford at the time but he had a brilliant 2020 in, in a rubbish little Kingston Rovers season he was one of the bright sparks and he seems like he's loving his rugby the amount of support he got um from people like Zach Hardick or all the people from Leeds, who was congratulating on him, he must be buzzing to get that vice captaincy role. And as like a young lad, you know, he's not at the end of his career. Tony Smith putting his faith into Elliot Minchella, who's going to be vice captain. It's a big deal, and he's ready to go in for twenty twenty one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you saw his interview, but he was, he was absolutely buzz, like genuinely buzzing. Yeah, he was, mate. One eight. Yeah. Um. Obviously, he had a part time job two years ago, um, which is mad thinking about how far he's come now. But he said he was working for a builders merchant. So he was obviously doing that through the week and then starring for Bradford on the weekend. He's definitely got picked up by Rovers. And I think he was the one that stood out. Obviously, Matt Stoughton, I've heard good things about him from John Bastian. Um, but yeah, Minchella had the pedigree because he'd come through at Leeds and it worked out. It didn't work out for off-field reasons, I think, in the end. Um, but yeah, he, he works as hard as anybody. Tony was telling his stories about him driving over. Um, when was it? When lockdown, I, I can't remember with the lockdowns now, but he drove over to, <laughs> to Hull to review video and stuff. And he, he just wanted, he he just, any extras that he can do, he will do. And he was the first one, as soon as the gyms reopened, he was straight in there. I think he won at first guys through it all that day. <laughs> it, but he's just a really, really grounded guy. But you can tell he's really ambitious at the same time. And the good news is he, he thinks there's loads more to come from him as well. And last year was pretty good. So that's a, that's a good sign. <laughs> 
Yeah, and that's what I think. That's one thing that all Rovers fans will be looking forward to. Is is obviously we didn't develop him as as a player, but seeing some young players uh, playing regular game time, you know, Jez Litton, Elliot Minchella, uh, Mikey Lewis, um, because you know we want players who are going to be at the club for not just the, the here and now, but you know, three, four, five years, really building a a career at the club, uh, and I think fans really buy into that. Uh, but obviously, we're coming up to, to this weekend and we've got the Castleford Tigers. Uh, it'll be our first home game in, in I think, a year now. Um, have you got any sort of whispers or anything like that about how Tony Smith might approach this game and around giving certain players game uh, certain amounts of game time or positions, etc.? He hasn't given much away, to be honest, which is annoying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he's, he said yes uh, the other day that... Um, well, he said last week that he was going to use 21 players and then he's changed that to 24, 25, 26. He said around that number are going to get kitted up, but whether they get on or not, um, he don't know yet. Um, I'd suspect he'd go with his strongest team first, but I think as Rovers fans, you'd want Adam Quinlan wrapped up in bubble wrap after, or cotton wool after half-time, get him off, give him a half. Um, but yeah, I think he'll go with his strongest team and then just... Uh, rotate from there but if you want to look at everyone in different positions it could turn out to be a pretty disjointed performance I think that's and, the thing isn't yeah. it yeah and I think because it's the only friendly and after what happened last year only getting three wins and whipping boys in a sense I think it's it's only a friendly but I think it feels like a bigger game for PR after like I said after what happened last year and yeah yeah, it does, James. I totally agree. And I think what we spoke about, didn't we, Chris, is saying, you know, friendlies can be horrific. You know, if you pick up the injuries, look at us with Monty Masoy and Weller. But yeah. it's also that we've got 80 minutes. You mentioned if we play 26, 26 players, how many minutes yeah. are maybe like Will Marr, Louis Johnson going to get, Rowan Mills? Is it worth them coming on for 10 minutes where yeah. they, they could maybe go on loan? We've got to go strong, haven't we? You know, there's no excuse now. We need to see Betty playing a lot of minutes. He hasn't played football in a while. There's, there's a lot of, especially the kids who will come over from the NRL, we definitely want to be seeing them. Good job for Adam Quinlan, you know, do 40 minutes. You've got Will Dagger who can come on. We've got Parcel and Jez could maybe do an half each. The pr- only problem is we've got 80 minutes. There's the option. I think Lee are the only team to be playing two friendlies, but there was, you know, the like FC played York and it's it's that thing, isn't it? It's, um, we could have gone for two friendlies. We've only gone for one, but for Tony Smith, bit of an headache, 80 minutes. Who do you choose? It's, you know, the ball's in his cotton will only know at two o'clock on Sunday when he announces the team an hour before kickoff. I know. Um, yeah, like like we said, I'd like him to go try. I did ask him last week if it would dilute what he's looking for if he does use too many players. I think that is the issue. Like you've touched on, if, if someone's coming on for 10, 15 minutes, there's no point. Is there, you'd rather give someone else an extra 10 minutes to see what they can do. Mm. So yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a tricky one, but that's what he wanted. He wanted one friendly. And I think the main thing is, after what happened last year, if you lose Mossy after a few minutes, then Weller later in the game, and then the following friendly, Dean Adley, someone popped through his skin. So I think those injuries are fresh in his mind. And in that respect, it isn't worth it. But then on the other side, You've been off this long. It feels like a longer off-season than usual. I don't think it is. It's only a couple of weeks longer, but it does feel like longer. Uh, yeah. But they're doing opposed sessions in training, but you can't really learn much from that, as, as the players have said themselves. You only know when you come up against someone else and you're going through your players and stuff. That's when you, you find out how you're getting on. But, yeah, we'll see. It'll be a good game. I'm looking forward to it. 
it'll be a good test as well because Cass have, particularly for the new look pack, I think, because Cass have always, in recent years, traditionally had a really strong pack. So it'll be interesting to see how the new guys shape up against them. Just on that unopposed uh, training sessions, etc. we had a little whisper that um, they might have played our our dearest rivals in an unopposed game or might be planning to before the season starts. Have you heard anything about that, James? No, I haven't. No, I, I, I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> but no. you never know. They train at the same place, so, so for easy. Well, that yeah. Yeah, they're both at the university, aren't they, on the 3G yeah. pitch, so... I wonder how much I wonder how much I can pay Vette to wipe Jake Connor and Josh Reynolds <laughs> off the ball in that opposed session because I can't yeah. imagine I can't imagine the grub and the snake um, off doing too well in an unopposed match, mate. <laughs> no, no, me neither. But yeah, we're really looking forward to Sunday, mate. And obviously for you going back, it'll be great. You know, you'll be able to watch rugby mm. again. We're going to be watching it on Facebook. Hope for the fans. You know, be able to get back in in the next few months or so with these pilot events. But for you. As a reporter, obviously, you had no affiliation with the club until 2019, but you've seen the club progress, if we can call it that. But with you know, yeah. this new look, new coaching staff, these new signings, I think what you mentioned, top eight maybe for all Kingston Rovers, but we've just got to cement our place, haven't we? It can't be another die season just before we finish, James. No, I don't think it will be either. I think Lee are on the back foot from the start. I think it, when they got the play, Super League place, everyone were expecting them to go out and splash the cash, but that's just not been the case, has it? They might have signed one or two players, and I don't think they're going to make much of a difference. Obviously, they'll be a competitive side, but if you finish below Lee, you've had a really bad season, I think. A lot of ex-Rovers yeah. players in that team as well. Yeah, exactly. And I wouldn't want to call them cast-offs, but they were, they were let go weren't they, by Rovers yeah. last season, all of them. So... Like I say, and, and Wakey and Strength, and other, they've brought in uh, Lino, the, the halfback. But aside from that, they've got two other players who were there last year. Yeah, the coaching setups look stronger more than it does what they brought in in playing wise, isn't it? With Andy Last and um, yeah. uh, what else did they bring in? Poaching. Poaching, yeah. So they've got a strength. It'd be an interesting dynamic, that, because obviously Chester was under a bit of pressure last year, and now you've got Andy Last coming in, who was a head coach himself for. Second half of the season. Um, obviously, he won't look to step on his toes, but it'll just be interesting to see how they get on there. Yeah. 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 Till right's going to be an exciting Super League season, mate. And um, now you've said about Lee, definitely put your, all your mortgage on. <laughs> my, my mate, Jamie Ellis and Ryan Bradley scoring <laughs> tricks at, um, at Craven Park no, in no. 2021. No, so do I, mate. But thanks so much for coming on, mate. We really appreciate it. Best of luck with your reports this year. Um, Hopefully you can start doing a few more positive reports, man, not getting sick for um, doing your um, player ratings because I know it's tough when when all the um, the ratings are free. (laughs) But thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. So that was James O'Brien, the Hulking Stone Rovers reporter for the whole Daily Mail. And we also had Castleford Tigers star and the testimonial man, Adam Milner, before. It's been a really good episode with me, Joe and Chris Johnson. Join us for next week's episode when we have a really special guest that we'll announce later next week. And for all you guys, get purchasing the game because Hull Kingston Rovers are back in action this Sunday at Hull College Craven Park for Hull Kingston Rovers against Castleford Tigers. Thanks for coming on the show, James. Live, love, laugh and be happy. Thanks, guys.